I'm Ross Jacobs and today I want to talk about anthropomorphism. If you're not familiar with the term, you'll certainly be familiar with the concept. Anthropomorphism is giving things that are human, human traits. So we can talk about uh, being as cunning as a fox or we can say he's as silly as a galah when clearly the galah and a fox isn't human, doesn't have those sorts of human traits. One of the things I sometimes get criticised for in my work is that I will give horses human traits. So I will sometimes talk about a horse's confidence or their trust or their fear or their relaxation. And people who are really interested in psychology and the psychology of horse behaviour get a little concerned by this. Now, there are reasons why anthropomorphism can be problematic, but there are reasons why I use it too. And let's first say that the number one reason that I will talk about a horse in terms of a way that humans can understand, because they can associate the responses and the emotions that a horse shows in human terms. The reason I do that is that people can then understand and empathize with what a horse is doing. This becomes really important because it requires a certain level of human empathy to be good with horses. You have to care about a horse and you have to care about how they feel. So being able to describe horses in terms of human emotions can be really useful in helping people learn how to feel about a horse. The other reason that I will use anthropomorphic type of language is that it also helps explain horse responses in ways that people can understand. We can all understand what it feels like to be relaxed. We can all understand what it feels like to be fearful. We can all understand what it feels like to have trust and to be confident or to be suspicious or to be claustrophobic. And to talk about horses' responses in these terms give people a clear understanding of how their horses are really behaving. But there are also some problems associated with being anthropomorphic. We also can take it too far. For example, some people will describe their horses as just being naughty, as if the way they behave, they were doing it to the person just to make them cranky or they were getting even. I knew of a lady who was a trainer and her horse was playing up one day on a ride. And so she decided that it was being naughty and she was going to teach it a lesson. So she locked it overnight in the stable and left it with no food or water. And I think she was terribly unfair to that horse. It didn't know why it was getting locked up. It didn't learn anything from it. And all because she used an anthropomorphic approach to training that was totally invalid for that horse. So we can sometimes take it too far. And it's not uncommon that people will do that. But it's also not uncommon that people will reject all types of anthropomorphism. And I think this is equally problematic. If we just look at a horse, we share about 98% of our DNA with horses. And we also have a lot of common instincts through our neural pathways. So we have a common instinct for fear, a common instinct for eating, for reproduction, for all sorts of survival mechanisms. So to see these same patterns form in horses and then be able to say that very similar to the way a human would respond seems perfectly valid. The big difference between horses and humans is that horses can't look into the future, whereas humans can. 
And this is where we get into trouble by ascribing human traits to horses. So for example, if I said to you, tomorrow we're changing the road rules, and now we want to be able to say that we're going to all move over to drive on the opposite side of the road. But to make life easier, on day one, the people with cars with even number plates are going to drive on the other side. And then the next day, the other half of the population will drive on the other side of the road. You immediately realize there's a major problem with this. It's a disastrous plan. But if you were a horse, you'd just say, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Because they can't look into the future. They can only look at the present and see how that's working out for them. So to be able to put a horse's emotions in terms of what it's planning or its responses to what it's plotting is not very fair and not valid. So the problem of using anthropomorphic psychology to understand horses is simply that sometimes we take it too far. It's not that it's not valid. We just take it too far. Now, the people who are against using anthropomorphism are usually those who religiously stick to the idea that we don't know what a horse is thinking and feeling. So to then say that we do is actually wrong. And I would argue that to say that just because we can't prove it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And it's equally wrong to give a horse traits that they don't have as it is to deny them traits that they do have. So I would argue with those people who believe this because we scientifically cannot prove that a horse likes something, enjoys something, loves something, hates something. Just because we can't prove it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and doesn't mean that we should deny it when all the circumstantial evidence would support it. I would rather believe what a horse tells me and the way I can interpret it than what my science tells me that I can't interpret because it has no use to me. To say that a horse does not share human traits of emotions does not help me be a better horse person. But that's my goal, is to be a better horse person. So if I'm going to do that, I'm going to use the anthropomorphic type principles that are helpful in achieving my goal. And I think that's perfectly valid. So if you're one of those people that says we can't prove that a horse likes things or dislikes things or has fear or has fun and therefore you're going to deny it and anyone who talks about it is talking nonsense, then I think you're really taking a blind view of it. And it's certainly not helpful in you becoming a better horse person. So my thoughts are that anthropomorphism is a very powerful tool and I recommend it, especially for teaching because it helps people empathize and it helps them understand the context of a horse's responses. So I hope that gives you something to think about. Till next time.